BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette and I am the host of Manifest Daily. If you're new here, welcome. Hey girl, welcome to the podcast family or boy. You know what I'm saying? We don't discriminate over here. Okay. Okay. And if you are an OG listener, thank you so much for being here. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you. I know, listen, it's time, it's energy, listen to a whole podcast, and I love that y'all keep coming back and listening, tuning in with me, hit me up on Instagram, y'all know I live for that, okay? So today's episode, wait, hold on, (laughs) wait a second, pause, before we dive in, let's address the sound, because I always have to address the sound in like literally every single episode, it's like pretty much a running joke at this point, but I am currently in my new office and it is pretty empty in here. I literally have my desk, my computer, my monitor, and my chair, y'all. My rug has not arrived. I am also going to be getting a couch for my office and like a bookshelf. So all of those things aren't here yet. So the office is pretty empty and it's a little bit echoey, but you know what? We're going to keep it pushing. We're going to record this episode. I really wanted to get this up for you guys so i was like you know what it is quality content baby okay we gonna keep it pushing even though there's an echo and hopefully i can edit it and post and doesn't sound too bad so (laughs) just wanted to kind of put that out there as the disclaimer for today but yeah you guys i am so excited for this episode today i'm also really nervous i feel like i just get really nervous when i have to record episodes where it's truly me being very vulnerable i think when it comes to like putting yourself out on the internet or putting yourself out there on a place like the internet. It's just, it can be hard. I mean, I feel like, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a hundred followers or a hundred thousand. I think it just takes like, I don't know, a level of vulnerability that sometimes I think is kind of hard to muster up, especially when you want to share your story and you know it's going to be helpful to someone else. I feel like you sometimes have to push past the discomfort of being vulnerable because, um, I don't know, it was in Brene Brown's book, I forget the name of it, and also in her Netflix special, if you guys have watched that, where she really talks about how vulnerability and the, the power of being vulnerable is so courageous. Like It takes so much courage to really open up, to show that you're imperfect, to show that you really are just at the end of the day, a human being with feelings, with emotions, with hurt, and to expose yourself in that way. And I think 
you know, we've all, you know what I'm saying? We all just out here, like, it's at the point where I feel like there was a, a time where we were all trying to be savage. <laughs> like, we were all trying to be, like, Aquarius energy. Okay, I'm an Aquarius rising, so maybe I know. We were all trying to be savage out here. We were all trying to, like, hide our feelings and try to, like, play it cool. And honestly, I am not here for that. I remember there was a time I was, like, really trying to be savage, like, really trying to be, like, whatever. Like, I don't care. And then I was like, girl, I couldn't even last me a whole month because... I really be about my feelings. I'm a cancer moon, okay? And I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very blunt. I say it like it is. And I typically am not afraid to share like the vulnerable parts of myself simply because I know at the end of the day, we're all humans. Like we're all going through this shit, whether or not you want to actually like be open or be vulnerable and talk about it or or you want to talk about it, right? We're all kind of, or we all have gone through a lot of the same things. It just looks different for everyone and everyone's story is a little bit different. But that being said, today's episode hits differently for me because it's one that I've wanted to record for probably six months to a year now, but I have truly felt like so afraid to record it and... I think my fear around recording it doesn't really have to do with you guys. I think at the end of the day, fear isn't really about other people. It's about us, right? At the end of the day, if you dig deep and you think about what you're truly afraid of, it has to do with you feeling like you're going to fail, you feeling like you're going to be judged, you judging yourself. It's a lot of internal conflict that surrounds fear. And for me, the fear of recording this specific episode just had to do with me kind of addressing the, the truth of previous situations when it comes to relationships. So this is a relationship episode. I actually wanted to do another relationship episode and I will be doing another relationship episode all around, um, what am I doing it around? Attachment styles. I'm actually reading a book right now about attachment styles. So I'm kind of doing some research on that and I want to bring you guys an episode about attachment styles and sort of how that relates to your understanding of relationships and how that relates to you manifesting a relationship or you, if you're currently in a relationship or a partnership, how it can really manifest as you strengthening that partnership. So stay tuned for that episode as I have to finish the book. I've been like not reading it right now. So we're going to get back to that and I want to bring that episode. But today's episode, y'all, how many times I want to say episode? Listen, <laughs> listen, okay. But listen, today we're talking about codependency. And specifically, I want to talk about my process of healing codependency. So what this episode is going to look like is I want to walk you guys through sort of what I have come to understand as these three chapters of my codependency story. And at the end of the episode, I'm actually going to give you guys some journal prompts because I really want this episode to not just be me kind of opening up and sharing the vulnerability and and being vulnerable rather and sharing the story and sort of sharing what I learned, but I want to give you guys applicable steps of how you can sort of work through this on your own as well if you're sort of going through this process which we all sort of are in some way even if you don't I guess think you're codependent or feel codependent I think that there will be value in this episode for you and value in the journal prompts at the end and value in some of the the lessons that I'm going to share towards the end as well and throughout the episode as well so let's go ahead and dive into it um I, I really I have notes and I sort of 
written down how I want to structure this episode, but it really is going to be more of kind of like that personal sit down, grab you a drink, girl. Okay, get you a hot chocolate, get you a tequila shot, whatever you got to do. I got my ass coffee sitting right here. Ain't no ice though, because my ice trays ain't coming from Amazon yet. But it's okay. It's okay. It's cold coffee. It's cold coffee. Um, And I'm sitting here and we're just going to get cozy, baby. We're going to talk about it. So I want to start off by chatting about my first relationship. And I I think I've touched on this a little bit in previous episodes, but I, I really haven't, you know, gone deep into this relationship. And I kind of want to, again, give you guys the stories, tell you, you know, as, as we're close friends right now, the stories in order for you to understand this codependency story and how I was able to unravel my understanding of my codependent behavior. So my first relationship was about two and a half years. And I remember this was my first serious relationship. I think as we're young and we're kids and we're in high school and things like that, we all kind of have those moments where like, you know, you're going out with someone. And we used to say like going out, like we didn't even say dating. We'd be like, oh, I'm going out with so-and-so. And And like, y'all remember when people used to like pass their notes in class and be like going out with so-and-so. And and then like a week later, they broken up and they going out with somebody else. Y'all know. Okay, y'all know. So my first serious relationship wasn't actually until the end of high school. Um, It was the person that I ended up going to prom with and it was the person that I actually dated for my first two years of college as well. And I remember being in this relationship and about a year and a half into the relationship, I had these intuitive nudge, intuitive nudges that it was time to leave the relationship. And this was really, really confusing to me at the time because there wasn't anything that I could necessarily pinpoint, right? It it wasn't like there was a catalyst that sort of set me off, you know, like there was an incident or something happened and I found something out and there wasn't necessarily a reason. And I think sometimes when we get these intuitive pings and we don't have a specific reason to attribute these feelings to, we almost feel the need to brush it off because we're sort of like, well, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, so it must not be relevant, it must not be real. And that can be, you know, a really slippery slope as to, you know, getting into ignoring your intuition. And I found myself on that slippery slope because up until that point, I hadn't been very attuned to my intuition, very attuned to following my gut, right? And so when I started to get these pings, I was very confused. I remember thinking that it was my IUD because I had an IUD at the time. And this was around the time when I think I'd started to come across a lot of like research and stories about women who were feeling depressed. I was on the Mirena IUD. And so there were women who were coming out and saying, you know, I've been on this IUD for five years and I feel depressed and I got it out and now I feel better and all these things. And so part of me was like, well, is it my IUD? Like, I don't know what's going on. And at the time, um, there were, there was one incident I remember, like literally like it was yesterday. It was right before Thanksgiving break. And I woke up that morning. It was a beautiful day out, like sun was shining, all that good stuff. And I woke up and I just could not stop crying. And I lived with my best friend, Monica, at the time. Monica, girl, if you're listening to this, okay, hey, girl, hey. Um, And she will probably, I don't know if she remembers this. Like, she's coming this week to visit. And I'm going to be like, yo, do you remember this when this happened? But I remember crying that morning. And I was talking to her, and I was just like, you know, I just didn't know if I wanted to bring this person home to meet my family for Thanksgiving. Because it was about to be Thanksgiving break. And... 
for me, I was like, in my heart, like deep down, I think I felt this apprehension because I didn't want to bring this person home to my family and introduce them to someone that I knew wasn't going to be around, that I knew I shouldn't be with, that I knew wasn't my person. And at the time, I just really didn't know how to express that in my words because I was so afraid to say that out loud, even though that's what I felt in my heart. And Monica and I had a chat. She sort of like walked me off the ledge because for her, I think, you know, seeing me express these feelings, the way I was verbalizing it, it wasn't as if I was like, yeah, I need to like break up with this person. It was like, it it just seemed like it was just like random fear, right? So I can understand her sort of walking me off that ledge and being like, you know, like take some time to think about this. Like, don't be so rash, like whatever. And so I had so much fear around you know, leaving this person, leaving this relationship. I had spent the first two years of college with this person. And these were the first two formative years of a new chapter, right? When you start college, when you go from high school to college, it's like, even though you're technically an adult at 18, I think going from high school to college is such a huge transition. You're really on your own. You're really independent. And being someone who wasn't as Like I was independent, I I think my whole life, but I was kind of sheltered growing up. And so going off to college and being, you know, out on my own, it was really like a formative time. Like I had a lot of foundations for my personality, for my understanding of the world being built. And I had done that with someone beside me. And so the thought of leaving this relationship but the thought of going on and continuing on my college chapter without this person was so fearful to me that I just basically like was like okay I'll I'll live with this right I'll live with this like feeling that was just nudging at me and I won't really deal with it I also had a lot of fears around being single for a really long time I think for me it was the fact that previous to that relationship even with like the more casual like high school relationships I hadn't really had a lot of that experience and so for me it was sort of like this was the first person that had offered me this serious attention that I could see myself marrying or I could see myself like having kids with. And that was a really big thing. And so, you know, it it was sort of like leaving the relationship meant leaving the possibility of going on and having this future with this person. So, Eventually, I did break up with that person. It got to the point where the the nudges were so loud. They, they say that you'll often get the nudges as a whisper first, right? And if you don't listen, if you just kind of keep it pushing, they'll get louder and they'll get louder and they'll get louder. And they'll get loud to the point where you really can't ignore it. And I remember being at that point and there wasn't specifically, again, in the same way that there wasn't like a catalyst to this relationship you know, um, to me wanting to end this relationship, there was also no catalyst to me feeling like it was really time to let go. I basically just got into the point where I could no longer actively ignore the feeling that I was feeling because at that point, it was just like, literally my soul was screaming that I had to end this. So in this first relationship, that's kind of where those initial feelings of fear came up, right? Fear around 
leaving something that I was no longer aligned with, something that no longer supported my growth. And that's where I initially felt that first like latching on to something that wasn't aligned with me any longer because of the fear of what would happen once I left. And so now we sort of get into part two of my codependency chapter, if you will, right? And so after that relationship ended, I feel like a lot of my fears that I had came true in a way, right? Because looking back now, I can see that it was important for what happened next to happen. But I think during the time, I just was really miserable at times. I found myself single for a really long time. And that was really hard to kind of come to terms with. I feel like you know, a lot of people, once they leave a relationship, they're single for maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe even a year and a half if they're like, I just really don't even want to date right now. And I found myself single for, I think it was like four and a half, almost five years before meeting my next partner. That was really hard. I found myself growing really frustrated, not just with societal pressures, around being in a relationship especially as I was sort of getting older and I saw people around me getting in relationships and I kind of found myself like wondering what was wrong with me and I knew that I had these standards right I knew that I had standards that I wanted to wanted my person to live up to and that I wanted to hold myself to as I entered into a partnership and as time kind of like went on, I was single and I was single for even more of a long time, I found myself wanting to like lower the standards. It was like, okay, well maybe I'm asking for too much with this, or maybe I'm asking for too much with that. And I will tell you guys right now, my standards weren't too high in terms of like too high. I think that one thing I truly believe is that if you are bringing the same energy to the table, your standards aren't too high, right? If you're saying that, you know, you want someone who's ambitious, someone who's willing to set goals and go after their goals to achieve their goals, maybe they don't achieve all their goals, but they go after it with like a gusto, with an energy, with the fire, and you're the same way, I don't think it's too much for you to ever expect someone to come match that energy. If you're expecting someone to do that, but you are the type of person who's really just lazing around and not really being, you know, affirmative and going after your goals and like really trying to like level up and do shit, then maybe, maybe like you need to reevaluate your standards at that point, because maybe it's that you're looking for something that it's, it's sort of like not even what you're able to provide. And we talk a lot about how people are mirrors to us, right? And that is really important to understand. It's like, it's not to say, like what I mean is like, just cause you're attracting maybe like people that aren't treating you the greatest, that doesn't mean that you're like a crappy person. That can mean that there may be some subconscious beliefs there around your worth, right? What you think you're worth. And that's why you're attracting X, Y, and Z person. And so, you know, looking back now and looking at my current standards now, it's not that I set anything too high. I can't, I was coming with the energy, baby, okay? I was always coming with the energy. So I knew I deserve someone who can match that. And I didn't want, and, and when I met people who weren't coming with the energy that I wanted, I was very quick to be like, no. Even when it felt like, I was just like, oh, I'm so tired of being single. 
I just could not really allow myself to like really settle in those ways because it just wouldn't, it just, it, it was just not me. Okay. Maybe I could settle for like a minute or two. Maybe I would talk to someone for like a month or two, but then it'd be like, yo, like they really are just not it. Like I can't be having these like monotonous conversations. Like I just don't have the time or the energy. So these four years were really important because I learned about my strength, right? I learned how strong I could be specifically as a woman who wasn't in a relationship. I learned that I could survive. I learned that there were times that I could thrive being single. I also learned that I just really found myself in these cycles where I would just want to talk to someone just to kind of talk to someone and have that company and I feel like that again was sort of this codependent energy making its way into my life again or showing its face rather and although I hadn't yet recognized it as codependency like with that name I kind of knew that there were certain things that I was doing or certain cycles that repeating that were repeating themselves that weren't necessarily the greatest for me and for my health and for me to move on. So now we sort of are going to shift into part three of this story. So part three was my past relationship, with which you guys heard about. I had a podcast episode with this person. Um, we like it was on my Instagram. This was something or this was a relationship that was a little bit more talked about because this is when like I was doing my podcast and posting things on social media and all that stuff. Right. So with this relationship, I found that things were different, but some of those themes came back up. And the thing about lessons is that they will repeat and they will come up in different packaging in order for you to demonstrate that you have learned, in order for you to, you know, put the pedal to the metal, baby. You say you learn your lesson, like, let's see. Let's see what's up, okay? So... Navigating long distance was hard. And once that was over and the long distance chapter of that relationship was over, that's kind of when we came together and found that there were a lot of struggles with living together. So I have talked about this on a different episode. I, I can't remember the name of the episode, but I remember doing an episode where I was just sort of like, yeah, like we've moved in. There have been some struggles. It's kind of been like a little bit hard. And I think going from living by yourself or living with family as I was living with family to living with a significant other during a pandemic, during a time when you've been laid off, there were so many different like things that were happening at the time that made it a very stressful situation. And so for me, I wasn't necessarily surprised at the difficulty with like going into this transition because there were so many things so many different factors that were affecting the transition and making it kind of like a harder transition to navigate, right? But I remember us having conversations and discussions about the possibility of ending things. And this is kind of when the same codependent thoughts popped up as before. These were thoughts around fear, right? These were fears that I would be single for a long time again, because in the first relationship, when it was sort of coming to an end and I could see that I had these fears around, 
What happens when I'm single? Can I navigate this chapter by myself? Can I do X, Y, and Z by myself? And that sort of stopped me from ending that chapter when I felt like the ending was there. In this past relationship, as we were having these discussions about, you know, is this something we can work on? Can we continue doing this? Like, those same fears came up around me being single forever. And I know it sounds really dramatic. And I think that if you have ever found yourself in a similar situation, you know that as dramatic as these thoughts sound when you're sort of out of that initial moment, in the moment, they sound very rational. It sounds like, well, okay, you know, I haven't met this person. And I, and even though everyone's like, oh, like you're so young, for me, I look around me and I see pretty much all my friends married or engaged or in a serious relationship. And so to me, I start to compare and I start to feel like, no, I'm not that young. I'm actually older. I want to have kids and I'm getting up there in age and oh my God, my eggs. And I start to panic. And it becomes this thing where I'm like, well, if this was the relationship that I, I basically said, this is, this is the one, this is the one for marriage. This is the one for kids. It is no longer like, you know, young college love. Like this is, we're grown adults. We've made adult decisions and we're in this place where like literally this is the time when people are getting married and having kids. But now that's ending. I found myself feeling a lot of fear of like, what would I do next? And I feel like this is, again, the same sort of thought process that many of us can find ourselves in that is very codependent because if you find that there is an ending or that there's something coming up that you know either a relationship is pushing the boundaries that you don't need pushed or you know that there is an ending but you're avoiding the ending because you are afraid of being alone that is you expressing this codependent energy this codependent behavior because you are essentially like tying yourself and your your future to this person so tightly that you can't even imagine a future by yourself you know what i mean and i felt like if I quit that's what it felt like if I quit this relationship now my chance of being with someone else my chance of having kids my chance of starting a family like they were slim to none and again it sounds really dramatic but in those moments when and especially I think as a woman because we have those additional societal fears that are placed upon us as we age but I truly just felt so much fear and eventually we were having the conversations more and more eventually as you guys know i talked about it in like the past couple episodes i went to dallas and i sort of experienced this like you know eat pray love moment and i was able to see through that ego lie and see through that the fact that that was just fair the fact that i was sitting here and being like i might be single forever that was just fair talking that wasn't you know, like a fact. And that's the thing. Fear will try to convince you that the things that you are fearing, the things that scare you, they're fact and they're going to happen. And that's simply not true. If you are 
feeling like, well, I don't know if I'll find someone else or I don't know what happens after this. Well, know that you may not know, like you may not know, but the truth is that whatever comes after is going to be better than you ignoring the intuitive hits and you feeling like you have to live in fear simply because you just can't take the step to move forward, right? Like no one wants to sit there and live in fear or feel as if they're stuck because I think that's one of the worst feelings that we can do to ourselves, especially if we find ourselves in a situation where we are in a partnership at a job in an environment that we are no longer aligned to. So I kind of want to end off with some of these lessons and the things that I have learned, especially with my journey through understanding codependency a bit more and understanding the role that I have played in my own codependent behavior and how this has affected me and my relationships and my understanding of how I relate to other people in my life. So it is very hard, I think, to admit when you've been codependent. I think that word, that phrase, that understanding just feels so to me, it feels very weak. And I know it's not. I know we all have those moments. But when I think of codependency, I feel like I think of a person who's latching on to someone else because they can't even create their own. And that makes it harder to admit when you have been codependent in your situations, in your life, in your relationships. It is also harder to break that cycle if you can't even admit that you have been codependent or that you are being codependent. But I promise that once you do, you'll see how truly strong and independent you are. Codependent relationships have this way where they allow you to lose yourself in another, right? They convince you that without the other person, without the situation, without the job, without the whatever it is that you find yourself in a codependent relationship with, without that thing, you will lose yourself. Without that thing, you won't be able to thrive. Without that thing, you'll be lost. And that is just simply, as I said before, a lie, right? These are just emotions. These are fears. These aren't actual facts that we are living off of right now. This is a lie. And in fact, being in those specific entanglements, as we're going to call them right now, those can often block your blessings. Those can often keep you from moving forward. If you find yourself in a situation that you are no longer aligned with, but you continue to perpetuate the situation out of fear, how do you expect to call in those bigger blessings to yourself, especially when that codependent situation, relationship, environment is the thing that's holding you back from creating space for the bigger blessing to arrive? You simply can't call it in if you are in that codependent situation and if you continue to perpetuate that situation. In each of my relationships or in each of these situations, and these are not just situations that are only related to romantic relationships, I've also had situations where I was codependent on a job, honestly. And I think that it, I, I haven't, I don't know if I've seen people kind of phrase um, relationships with toxic jobs or situations as being codependent, but I can, cho I choose to phrase it that way. But in those other relationships as well, jobs, situations, environments, and sometimes romantic relationships, I found that there were attempts to cut the codependency. I think we'll often get those nudges, those intuitive hits, right? They start as whispers, 
where we realize that something is off. Something isn't necessarily clicking the way that it should or the way that we want it to or the way that it used to. And those are initially the the indications that something needs to be worked on. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to cut the relationship or cut the ties altogether, but it does often indicate that you need to take a harder look at the situation and the relationship and make changes. If you notice that you're being codependent, how can you begin to heal that codependency, work on that codependency, heal that relationship so that you are no longer codependent? Because in the end, that's not going to serve you. If you continue to get those nudges and if you continue to work on things, but they are no longer working or when you try to heal or when you try to make the situation better, it doesn't work. Well, then maybe that's your sign that it's not something that you want to keep working on. I feel like there's only so much energy that you can expel towards a situation that you could put out towards trying to work with a person, work with a relationship, work with an opportunity, work with a job where it gets to the point where you're tired, where you're burnt out, where you've been trying, where you've been fighting and you have to just kind of cut the losses and say, well, I tried my very best. I did everything that I could and this is no longer working. So this isn't necessarily a failed relationship, a failed attempt at having this job. This is more so me trying to salvage what's left of my, or not even what's left, but me trying to salvage and, and understand that I'm worth something. I'm worth more than me putting my all into this thing that's no longer working. And that's when you have to cut that thing, cut those ties. But I will also say that in all of these situations that I've encountered where I found myself being codependent, I have learned the lessons. And I think some of the biggest lessons I have learned are being able to recognize the codependency, being able to recognize when I have been relying on something that is not something I should be relying on. Um, you know, as you go through life and as you learn essentially the same lessons that are wrapped in different packaging, wrapped up with different bows, you start to recognize them. You start to see them for what they are. And sometimes, you know, it'll be a little hazy. You might not see it at first, but I have started to really understand the power of listening to my gut. I'm very, very intuitive. And I have learned that I need to listen to my gut. And I think this is such a simple lesson to be learned and it may be a simple lesson for you, but it really is such a powerful lesson and one that I believe that we continue to learn throughout life. No matter how old you get, no matter how wise you are, there are gonna be situations that are testing you to see if you will listen to your gut. And there will be situations where even though you get the message, even though you get the whisper, even though you get the nudge, you question it. You question it because of fear. You question it because you feel like you're gonna be judged. You question it because you don't know if it's the right thing. But here's the thing about that. If you continue to get the nudge, if it continues to get louder, trust that, follow that, listen to that. It may not make sense. It may feel like you're making crazy decisions to cut things out of your life, to end things, to step away from things, to pause things. But at the end of the day, it really is worth it to listen to those nudges, to listen to yourself and to really tune in and say, what am I being called to do based on my intuition, based on what I know deep down, even though I don't have a plan or a map or these facts laid out in front of me? I feel like 
when I was going through the period where I was single for really long, for a really long time, it was so frustrating to me. I just didn't get it. I was like, I am smart. And listen, y'all, I know I'm cute, okay? And I know I'm smart and I know I'm wise and I know I have so much to offer. And I just didn't understand why I kept meeting people or receiving situations where people just weren't able to value that. And that's kind of when I was able to get the lesson that I wasn't valuing my own self. I wasn't valuing my beauty. I wasn't valuing my intellect. I wasn't valuing myself the way I should. And because of that, others who I kept encountering were able to value me in the way that I wanted them to because I simply hadn't even done it myself. And this is again where another theme of codependency popped up and another theme that I had to address, another theme that I'm continuing to work on because even when we talk about valuation of self, right, that is a lesson and a thing that we continue to learn throughout life. It's not as simple as you wake up one day and you're like, well, I'm the shit and that's it. It's the fact that you have to keep working on it, especially if you have gone through things in your childhood, things in your life where you weren't valued, your parents didn't show you the, the value and the, the affirmation and didn't give you the love and whatever in the way that you needed to when you were growing up. And maybe you had other situations where you were devalued so much to the point where deep down subconsciously you integrated that into your understanding of self. And so you have to work on that over time. It takes time and it often is a slower process sometimes, right? Because it's like we take a step forward and sometimes we take two steps back. But really, we are always moving forward as long as we're choosing to do this work, right? And this work is the work of asking ourselves the hard questions, doing the hard work, having the hard conversations with ourselves to be like, well, maybe I don't value myself enough. Maybe this is a codependent relationship. Maybe this is something I need to to step away from even though I am so afraid of what comes next. So when it comes to the journal prompts, I have three for you guys. I think these are really three powerful journal prompts and these are prompts that are really more so geared towards those in relationships but you can also kind of adapt them for if you're not in a relationship as well. But one well actually they could be for if you're not in a relationship as well. But the first prompt I have is what is a non-negotiable or what are my non-negotiables in a partnership? I feel like this is so, so, so important because this changes, right? I think when you get into relationships, when you're younger, it's not even about youth, honestly, but I think that as you grow and as you learn more about yourself, as you have more life experiences, your non-negotiables may shift and change. So it's important to ask yourself, what are my current non-negotiables in a partnership? Is that that the person has to be ambitious? Is it that the person has to um, have a certain type of value like whatever it is I really want you guys to ask yourself what are these non-negotiables and ask yourself are you able to match that in a way is that something that you are also working on is that something that you are also passionate about because as I said we are mirrors to each other if you want someone who is honest who is an honest individual are you honestly being honest in your own life are you practicing honesty in the way that you want your partner to practice honesty because if not then I mean you might have to reevaluate looking for that value in a person to be honest with you I that, that's just how I see it because I feel like it's unfair to demand and request and to ask for a partner to be 
honest if you yourself are not an honest individual or if you yourself aren't actively working on becoming an honest individual, right? Because it's also about you actively working on that value yourself. Um, the second general prompt I have is, do I find myself sacrificing or settling on these non-negotiables in order to attract a partner or stay in a partnership? So, so, so important, right? Because if you are constantly sacrificing, settling on these non-negotiables in order to attract a partner or in order to stay in a partnership, this is codependent behavior, right? Why are you sacrificing? Why are you settling? Especially if you deem this as a non-negotiable. Again, going back to the example of honesty, if we're saying, I want and I need a partner that is going to be an honest individual, right? But you are sacrificing and settling for someone who isn't practicing honesty in the way that you need them to why is that is it that honesty isn't a non-negotiable for you and you maybe mistaken it or you you mistook it for a non-negotiable or is that that you're settling and you're sacrificing on that specific value because you believe you can't do better you believe you can't find better you believe that you have to sacrifice on this specific value in order to find this person or in order to have this person find you attractive in order to have this person stay with you in order to stay in this relationship in order to perpetuate this specific reality that you're currently in ask yourself that and the last journal prompt that really I found was a powerful one for me is how have I grown during my partnership and do I feel like my partner and I have grown together or apart Again, I think this is a really important one because as we grow, we change. And I think often you'll hear from people who end relationships for quote unquote no reason that they just sort of grew apart. And this is a valid reason, if not one of the, the biggest reasons I think, right? Because if you are truly working on yourself like you say you are, if you're truly doing the self-work, if you're truly actively bettering yourself as an individual and your partner maybe is not doing that same work, you will often find that you grow apart. Because if you are doing this work and someone that you are with, whether it's a friendship, a partnership, uh, a family member relationship, they're not doing this work, you'll find it hard to connect on those different planes that are important to you. Your values change as you grow, your understanding of self, your understanding of life, your understanding of your reality and your situations change as you grow. And so maybe you met your partner or you met this person or you, you were meeting someone at a certain playing field, at a certain level, right? You guys are almost like looking at eye level and now that you've done some work and you've sort of grown and you've changed your perspective and you've changed your understanding maybe you no longer align with that person maybe you no longer align with the way that they see the world and i think it's important to really evaluate that because if you are not growing together then you are growing apart and you're always growing right and if you're not growing then it's that you're staying stagnant and that's something to evaluate as well are you staying stagnant in this partnership because you are afraid of outgrowing this partnership, of outgrowing your partner, that you know that if you do the work that you will essentially, and for lack of a better you know, word or phrase, leave them behind. And that is something where you are sacrificing your own growth, sacrificing your own come up for comfort, for the sake that you don't want to leave someone behind and you think you're doing it out of love, but really that's just like self-sabotage at that point. 
So you guys, I truly hope you've enjoyed this episode. I feel like, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I say they're all over the place because I really don't know. I feel like this um, episode again was a really vulnerable episode for me. And I hope that you guys find it helpful in some way, especially if you are in this cycle or you have been in this cycle and you're recognizing it and you're working on it now. But one of the things that I will say that I have been working on is just, again, allowing myself to recognize codependent behavior and call it out. That's really what I've just been trying to do right now. Call that behavior out. Why am I doing this? What is the reason? Why do I you know, feel like I can't be alone? Why do I have these fears around being alone? And why do I keep thinking that I'm just going to be single forever? Because that is also just kind of a, a thought that I think I personally need to work on because it's just a whole thing. So just calling it out, actively understanding and recognizing that behavior and calling it out has been helping me a lot and just kind of like having conversations sort of out loud with myself or sometimes just there in my head um when I do recognize that behavior and choosing a different path choosing a different route right so again I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode come find me on Instagram if you did let me know um because I love chatting with you guys and sometimes it takes me a while to respond to dms I do admit because I really do get very like it's not even like social anxiety I just like get very overwhelmed having to respond to um messages because I really do put a lot of effort into my response so don't feel away if it takes me a while to respond I promise you I, I do that with just regular text messages anyway so that's just that's just how it be sometimes but um again thank you guys for listening to this episode if you are interested in more content from me and manifest daily please check out my patreon i'll have it linked in the show notes i have three different tiers they start at six dollars a month where you can get more podcast episodes you can get tarot readings monthly um master classes on manifestation spirituality just all of the stuff that we talk about here i have master classes i have templates i have workbooks i have literally all the things and i since i have moved and i have kind of more time to create a more creative space to work with i am so excited for some of the things i'll be creating in march once i have all my um supplies and my tarot decks and stuff come in the mail because they are still being shipped as we speak i haven't gotten all my stuff yet but once we are set up baby more stuff is coming so i would love if you guys could check out the patreon and just feel free to support if you're feeling supportive and you would love more content again thank you again if like i said thank you like a million times but y'all know what it is okay thank you for tuning in i will chat with you guys in the very next episode and i hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day and an amazing rest of your week bye my loves say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.